2: hey friendo
3: steve
4: here and Larson.
3: and welcome back to going in raw the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash steven Larson. available wherever podcasts can be found of course taped live of the twitch at twitch.tv forward slash steve and Larson. uh it's a special it's i think we've been kind of Try, we're going to try to do these monthly. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. It's, it's, it's uh, closer.
4: We've been closer to that than uh, in months past. The last couple of months. By that, hey, yeah, I think hey. we've done two in the last three months, as opposed to one every like four months before. Right. A for effort, I say. <laughs> Anyways, New year. You know what? Yeah. Resolutions and
3: things. Stuff. Exactly. Uh, so today, ongoing and raw, we're going to be looking at. An old WWF pay-per-view. And uh, I believe we put a couple up for vote uh, for the patrons sounds on this right. one. Sounds right. And uh, and the, the 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 friendos voted with King of the Ring 96. I, that's what we did. I think I brought one, you brought one, and then we had the friendos sort of like, you know, yeah. mull over. Yeah, one. that sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, and uh, I won this one. <laughs> I well, won yeah. the vote for King of the Ring 1996. Uh, I, mean, I guess it makes so, sense
4: because I believe at the time we were putting the – my time – Line could be completely off. When We put the, this up for for a vote. It might have been around the same time that report started coming out that Stone mm-hmm. Cold's going to have some sort of involvement at WrestleMania uh, yeah. 38. Just a week or so ago, it turns out uh, he had basically he had a match. Could be his last. Yeah, match. he actually had a match. He actually had a match. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it's 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 apropos to bring everything full circle mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the Austin 316 phenomena, Yeah, which started at King of 396. On the heels of maybe probably his final bout, um, and 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 talk about how it all started. Yeah,
3: absolutely. It's kind of interesting uh, uh, off the bat when we talk about King of the Ring 1996. Like you just mentioned, the big thing is the Austin 316. The promo that's sort of you know uh, uh, as as Conrad and his podcast mentioned. You know, right after this is when you saw everybody with Austin 316 signs, and they sort of realized, hey, we have something here, and then the shirt became probably the best selling shirt. Uh, in wrestling history, mm-hmm. maybe the NWO, but I get the feeling it's probably Austin three sixteen yeah, at this a point. Might be at
4: this juncture, Austin three sixteen.
3: So, uh, but what's what's interesting to me and what's kind of frustrating? I'm curious. So, like, our research for this episode involved obviously watching the damn thing, and uh, I listened to Conrad's uh, Something to Wrestle podcast. And didn't you listen to the Jr. podcast? I, to, I actually
4: know? end up listening to both of them. I listened to both the Bruce one mm-hmm. and the Jr. one. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Did Jr. give my biggest? a question because Conrad did not dive into this and he was asked directly point blank at the beginning of the episode this what because if you look this is a weird card mm-hmm. like if you take if you take austin out of this it's just like a not very memorable card at all it's memorable for how much of a weird mix of talent wWF was dealing with in the summer of 1996 did jr speak on because Bruce was asked by Conrad in his yeah, episode, point
4: blank, about this being this kind of was a transitionary a period. For
3: transitionary yeah. period. Can you speak on that? And instead, Bruce wanted to talk about Warriors Hat. Yeah. Uh, did JR dive into like the the, the this culture at the time? I guess for lack of a better term.
4: Not. I don't. Be- I, granted, I, this was a couple weeks ago. I listened to this, and so uh, uh, <laughs> one thing I remember standing out in terms of, of of how they were approaching things from a creative standpoint this period was Conrad brought up that this was kind of like peak uh vocational gimmick in mm-hmm, WWE because yeah. obviously you had you had a, 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 a T.L. Hooper the plumber mm-hmm. you had a the goon hockey mm-hmm. player hockey guy I am you know and this is around the time I don't know if, the, if Repo Man was still around 96 I don't recall around mm-hmm. the time Repo Man was a thing in WWF um and and it, it's 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 interesting refrain to hear from Jr. And and how they approach gimmicks then versus now because it's not much has changed. It's okay. Well, we have someone who could work. Yeah, let's give them something yeah. and see if they can get it over. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. the, the the level of planning and forethought into a lot of things uh, seems to be pretty minimal. In that, okay, we're bringing somebody in. You know, whether we're just bringing them in to be a good hand. Mm-hmm. You know, in the case of like Tracy Smothers. They had seemingly no designs on pushing him at all. They just wanted good wrestlers in to put on decent matches against people they actually were going to push, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just give him a gimmick, and if they get it over, awesome. If not, mm-hmm. oh well. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. interesting to see that creative process to a degree still exist in WWE. Yeah, sure. I mean, like there's still some high concept ideas that they'll develop and pitch, and 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 sometimes they'll get over. Um, but seemingly a lot of times it's like, okay, we have a a basic idea, mm-hmm. let's give it to this performer and put the onus on them to make something yeah. of
3: it. Yeah. The mishmash of talent is really bizarre here. And it, gets, it doesn't really get... So, like, one of the main... You know, when you think of 94, 95, 96... Uh, obviously, it sort of blew up in '97, but you think of names like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Well, Bret wasn't with the company at the time.
4: He was not. He, he was on under a contract for the show. He
3: was not in a contract. And 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 one thing Bruce does bring up is that they were relatively concerned at the time that he was going to be the third man in WCW. That's where a lot of speculation yeah. was online in terms of Bret Hart.
4: And apparently, um, Hall uh, and Nash wanted him to be the third man.
3: And they, they they were they were pitching for him to be the third man. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, he ended up obviously that ended up not happening, but this was one of the times the last time that, uh, ultimate warrior was in WWF. And if you take a look,
4: and
3: if you take a look at the, uh, the, the box art on Peacock anyways, and I would suspect if you take a look at, let's see here, King of the ring, 1996 VHS box art. He was, oh, uh, no, no, it was, uh, okay, so the actual VHS box art is sort of your standard box art for Coliseum at the time, and it's the main event, uh, the 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 HBK versus uh, Bulldog mm-hmm. sort of taking the prominent spot, and then he got the tag. So, I mean, it's all the title matches right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, don't even, you know, it's got the King of the Ring logo, but it doesn't have, and it's funny that they didn't like, I don't know, this blew up, you'd think that. You know, this video probably dropped. I'd imagine with plenty of time to, to add Austin to the cover, but uh, but I guess I guess they elected not to. Let's see if is there like DVD? Did they reissue this as a DVD after the? I'm just sort of curious because it was such a seminal moment. Yeah, I know that. Uh, oh, here's the DVD. Nope, same thing. <laughs> it's the same as yeah, yeah. yeah. The actual poster was uh, Ultimate Warrior, and uh, and this was. I think like the last WWF saw of The Ultimate Warrior. Of course, he had that Mania match, which Conrad, uh, you know, uh, had confirmed. I guess that that was part of Triple H's punishment. Although I forget if when we no, no, the, the Mania
4: the match, match happened before the curtain call. Curtain call yeah. was in May. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No. No. The King of the Ring lost. Yes. Because King of the Ring lost initially. So let's yeah. let's go because a lot of the 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 point could easily be made that Stone Cold would have been something regardless because that character was getting some momentum behind, behind it yeah. before the show, a couple of weeks before King of the Ring 96 is when he introduced the stunner into his, his, his arsenal of moves, adopted it as finisher. But if history had been written slightly different, if the curtain call mm-hmm. hadn't happened, or if Vince and company were like, meh, whatever, and decide not mm-hmm. to punish Triple H, he was going to win King of the Ring 96. Yeah, right. And so if the finals are Jake Roberts versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Mm -hmm. you don't get the Austin 316 promo unless somewhere down the line they happen to do a Jake uh, Stone Cold thing. What if if Bret Hart had agreed to go to WCW in the summer of 96, been Mm -hmm. the third man to start the NWO, then the feud between Austin and Bret Hart doesn't happen. And And that was one of the feuds
3: that really elevated the Stone Cold character. And maybe even more importantly, we might not have gotten the Mr. McMahon character because that the genesis of that was obviously Survivor Series ninety seven. Mm-hmm. The Montreal screw job. Um yeah, it's it's difficult for me to think that that, that he wouldn't have been huge anyways. Because yeah. like, I don't know, you look at this promo, it's sort of just stuck in the middle of a of a of I don't know. The pay-per-view was fine. It was just a weird pay-per-I'm not gonna say it was dog shit, it was just a weird pay-per-view. Uh, there were some good matches. The main event was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there were some good matches on it. There was some some weird stuff going on um but uh but yeah i mean there i think a lot of things would have had to have fallen out of place for austin not to become a oh, big yeah. star obviously along the way you know his road was was pretty much paved you know w- without without the big thing with with him and hart would austin have been a big i mean without without them being uh, uh malleable enough back then would they have turned rock heel you know or they would kept on trying with rocky yeah. mayville a lot of stuff would have had to have fallen off. I mean, eventually the talent was just there for Austin to be who he was anyways. Yeah. You just think about but the seminal just, yeah. moments
4: that, that, that were part of his rise to the top. Yeah. And and how, like, I was going to say nebulous, but that's not the right word, tenuous. If you look mm-hmm. at the timeline, a lot of mm-hmm. that stu- stuff was.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, this dude, this, you know, WCW was kind of like, Wiping the floor at, at the time, I think it was uh, uh, it was the Great American Bash was sort of counter program <clears throat> to this. Um And I know I had written down, maybe I hadn't written down um, uh, 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 what WCW was doing. Mm-hmm. But it, it is kind of interesting, just the kind of momentum they had on their side. Yeah, it might have been right at the tail end of like the uh, the, the silliness with the. Uh, Kevin Sullivan's group so over on the WCW side you had uh, let's see here at the top of the card okay I mean this is not impressive the Giant beat Lex Luger in the main event you had Flair uh, and Arn Anderson beating uh, Kevin Green and Steve McMichael which if I recall correctly was actually kind of a relatively big deal because they were bringing in like some former NFL players yeah
4: yeah yeah yeah. if I remember correctly Kevin Uh, Green was a pretty decent wrestler yeah, he
3: was an okay. Yeah, he was a pretty decent wrestler. You had, of course, you had Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan in that Falls Count Anywhere match. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, uh, let's see here, Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr. It was a much more sort of cohesive and 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 well put together
4: roster in WCW. Yeah,
3: you know, like WWF was such a mishmash. It was such a weird conglomeration. Yeah, it really of stuff. was
4: because like Vader came in from WCW, and, and of course, you know, obviously in Japan at WCW, Vader was but like an absolute monster yeah you know? sure and then i think that started to change a bit in wcw once hogan came in so he was mm-hmm. looking for other opportunities came to wwf and they seemingly didn't really know how to best utilize his talents yeah didn't like them uh and then uh one thing jr mentioned in his show about this was you know like the the so vader has a, a semi-final match against jake roberts on this card and we'll get into the more mm-hmm. details more details of it when you talk about that particular match but JR mentions that there was several people on the roster, most prominently probably Vader, who was very hesitant to take clean losses.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and it was
4: it was mostly to protect their position. Maybe not so much in WWF, but in, in terms of their opportunities to make money overseas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Vader like booked basically as an unbeatable monster
2: mm-hmm. in
4: Japan, and he was worried that if he took a bunch of losses here in the states, he won't be able to get the paydays he would uh, in Japan either mm-hmm. concurrently or following his run at WWF. And so JR talks about the headaches of finding creative ways to get Vader out of the tournament. Another aspect of that was like apparently they make a list of who they want in the tournament and mm-hmm. figure out how that's going to play out later. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. if you if you're if you're worried about or Vader is worried about taking losses and you have no plan for him to win the tournament. Mhm. You don't have to put him in the tournament, you know. Yeah, no, I know, I know.
3: Um yeah, it's funny you mention that because look at who like is in the in the, la- in the in the final scrum here at the end of the show. You've got HBK, he don't like losing. You got Ahmed Johnson. If I remember correctly, he was known to be relatively difficult to work with. So I'm not sure he would have liked to take clean losses. I believe Vader his
4: his King of the Ring uh, match early in a tournament was his first loss in WWF. I believe he lost right. To, uh, is it Owen or Gold Dust? I can check one
3: second. Uh, oh, it was. I think it was. Uh, uh, what are we talking about? Ahmed Johnson, right now? Yeah. Um, I think it was because Owen Hart hit him with the cast. I think. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that sounds to the right.
3: help. Pff, I forget who. Here, give me a second. Um, I can Find that. Yeah. But then and then you got Ultimate Warrior guy who never liked to oh, lose Vader. anybody. He lost to Vader. He lost to Vader, there you go. And then Vader who don't want to lose anybody. You have, yeah, you got all these people who don't want to lose anybody. That ain't easy to work with.
5: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie dot com. That's A.N.G.I. dot com.
3: Um, let's talk about this really quick. Did you find it strange that. The build here, the, 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 the story of the final, you know, of this. King of the ring tournament as it pertains to King of the ring was all about getting the old timer, the old gunslinger, Jake Roberts at the crusty old age of 41. We were, we're like a couple years older than that.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and I
3: yeah, at the crusty old age of 41, where Owen Hart says he doesn't belong in the ring at that age. He was the underdog mm-hmm. who had his ribs taken out by Vader and, mm-hmm. And you would think that they're going to go for, like, a big underdog babyface win against Steve Austin, who they're really not even – it's not even really like they are They seem to be building up Austin that much in this show.
4: No, um, that, that's true. But you hear both Bruce and JR talk about it, and they were asked, both of them, there there any other options other than Steve? And they both said no. Yeah. After they decided Triple H wasn't winning it, everybody's like, all right. I mean, I think there was other names thrown out, but no one was really – thought of as another serious option other than Stone Cold. and I think because they they saw that he was getting some momentum behind him and they thought okay, this is a way to elevate him to the next level.
3: It's interesting to me though they didn't feature Austin more prominently in sort of that because it's like Jake, it, it was just sort of I don't know a bit on the deflating. So well number one, you couldn't do much with that final match anyways because Austin they like it was a really short final match. Yeah, yeah. cuz his you know the lip was busted so like hey, we're going to make this, we're going to have this go short. Mm-hmm. Um cuz Austin obviously insisted that he uh that that he proceed with the match. Yeah, it was um,
4: 16 stitches in his lip.
3: Yeah, oh, that just that, that was gnarly. Um but uh but yeah, it was just kind of interesting cuz Jake, you know, this old gunslinger and then they you know, they bruise him up. And it just turns out now we're just gonna have Austin win here. I wonder if the thought was ever, yeah, we should just have Jake win, you know, for like a last hurrah, um, and then uh, and then we'll you know we'll we'll do the rest later because you could still do that.
4: Maybe, but but you know, I guess at this time Jake was not only wrestling a bit but doing producing work backstage.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um, and maybe they developed that underdog story, so Austin would get more heat on him when he won the match.
3: And apparently, Jake was working with Austin. Yeah, like backstage. Like yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Conrad said something like he was one who uh, who suggested the kick to the gut before the stunner, mm-hmm. because it, you know he was basically just doing a diamond cutter at that yeah. point. It was kind of like it was a sit down diamond
4: cutter. He yeah. was like, you just grab their heads and, and then hit it. It didn't quite have the hole. out of nowhere nature of what it would eventually become. No, no, it didn't. There was a pretty slow uh, and pretty obvious setup where he grabbed them by their head, took a beat, and then hit the stunner as opposed to bang stunner
3: yeah it is it is wildly hilarious though i know you've seen the whole thing now and i mentioned this before warrior the the pop that warrior still got yeah i wonder how pavlovian that was with his music because his music does hit you hard
4: it does and that that energy comes out his his theme comes on the energy with with which he sprints the ring starts shaking the ropes (laughs) all that you know you can't you can't help but be jazzed when this dude comes out. up i I understand why people would be jazzed Until I saw him wrestle and then whatever enthusiasm I had for him would, would quickly dip- dissipate. Um, because like his match against Lawler here, if he's never been a skilled ring technician by any stretch of the imagination. But I guess he was dealing with the shoulder injury or something. So he couldn't even do the press slam, you know? This was he wanted the shoulder shit. tackle.
3: This was dog shit.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the story so of, of him wearing the hat is funny. Uh, so the idea is uh, in the build to uh, Lawler's match against Warrior, Lawler had an in-ring segment where he did like a, a painting of mm-hmm. the Warrior and he actually did it. Yeah. And so he had a frame with glass and everything on it. And the idea of the segment was Lawler was going to break the painting over Warrior's head. Well, mm-hmm. Warrior was concerned about getting hurt. So not only did he wear a baseball cap, apparently he had a pad <laughs> underneath the baseball cap and so he wouldn't get glass or anything in his head but apparently Lawler when he did it broke it with the glass facing himself mm-hmm. um, and so it wasn't like the Warrior was like in r- any real danger of getting hurt You know, I'll be honest with you, Warrior's made a lot of questionable
3: decisions in his life, that's not one of them, that'd be me, I'd be like hey I'm going to put on a baseball hat, I'm going to put a pad underneath because I don't want to get sliced in the head I'm with Warrior on that one, I stand with Warrior Larson <laughs> oh, wow. Specifically on that one issue right, alone yeah, put, yeah, make and sure you, nothing else. Make sure you qualify that, yes. <laughs> exactly. Let's just dive into it, man. Sure. Uh, opens up uh, Owen Hart, uh, who's a bad guy at the time with mm-hmm. one of those
4: casts. Yeah, he's a member uh, of Camp Cornette.
3: Camp Cornette, probably the, the least intimidating named faction I can think of. Uh, he interrupts Vince and JR as they intro the show. Uh, he joins them on commentary. Of course, I think this he's 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 a recent Slammy Award winner here, right? Or was yeah. that later?
4: Yeah. Well, he's what well, he won All a bunch right. of slammies, I think.
3: Yeah, uh, and then we get a really long Steve Austin versus Mark Merrow. It's a
4: 17 minute long yeah, affair. It's very long. I think it's the second longest match on the card. No, it's probably the third because I think the Undertaker and Mankind probably went longer, just barely.
3: Kind of interesting that Mark Merrow was the first guy who WWF countered the guaranteed contracts with bring him over mm-hmm. the big, the first big, he was their Cody Rhodes. I know he was, it was their big steal from WCW was the wild man, mm-hmm. Mark Merrow. Mm-hmm. And the person who obviously featured more prominently because she was mentioned a lot more than him during this match was Sable. Yeah. And uh, that momentum continued on all the way through 2003, whenever she ended up leaving WWE. Yeah. Um, But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this match, it's funny because Conrad could not, st- apparently Conrad did not like Mark Merrow. Uh, but, uh, he, he said it was the weirdest thing because he claims that he, he likes Mark Merrow personally. He was just like, he brought nothing of value to the ring. And I'm like, if I like
4: somebody personally, probably not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to phrase it that way. Yeah. I mean, he was Mark Merrow was, was actually pre-athletic hitting Rana's suicide dives yeah, he throughout was. the match you know um like the athleticism was there now if it maybe from a storytelling standpoint if his work doesn't do it for you i could understand that
3: i wonder if it was from a character perspective it could be because like you know and that's might might be a little bit on wwf mm-hmm. because like from a character's perspective i don't even know what he's supposed to be the wild man like yeah. and then he was like boxer later on mm-hmm. uh, cuz he was actually when, a know, gold
4: glove champion i believe
3: yeah like you and i both kind of like mark mero like in his later days he was goofy he did the comedy stuff really well yeah he did um, the whole thing with like him and jackie i thought that was they, they had wildly good chemistry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um at this point it's like who really cares about the guy it's like you know if you look at a stint in wCw it was weird to say the least <laughs> <laughs> to say the le- little richard was just a weird gimmick to have, <laughs> no matter how you cut it so they bring him over he's a wild man yeah uh and then yeah so at some point here depending on whose story you believe uh either from a kick or from austin hitting his lip on marrow's uh head austin's lip just explodes mm-hmm. uh and uh but that doesn't stop him from getting a stunner stunner yeah and getting the win over mark marrow but i thought i thought the match was fine it's just yeah. i don't really care about mark marrow so. i think this
4: this was his first pinfall loss at wwf at the time too
3: mm. and then he wanted yeah bruce brought up the fact that yeah. like with ahmed johnson and with Mark Marrow, they suffered losses before they went on to win the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Bruce sort of no-sold the question as well. Yeah, so, A yeah. lot
4: of good you did me, Bruce. Yeah, I just want to talk about Bruce Warrior's Richard. Man, uh, After that, well. we had a Jake Roberts interview. He says, I was once blind, now I can see. He says, uh, my soul was purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Now, I can lose, now I can't lose when I know that the power from above is reaching down, lifting me up. He says, if I can get by Vader, I know I got Stone Cold. Lord, help stone me. Gold. I'm going to do it.
2: I'm going to do it. I got Vader.
4: So then we had it's that match go. next, and this was re- very, very short. And, it was a weird match. And the finish sucked. It was a bad finish. So Jake, it didn't even make sense. No, it did. Jake hits Vader with a DDT, and on the way down, Vader just kind of like brushes the ref on the way down. ref yeah. falls, and, and the ref DQs Vader. Jake wins. Yeah, yeah. It was a terrible finish.
3: Yeah, this was this was this was awful. It was awful. Uh so of course Vader gets pissed off about that. He splashes Jake from behind, follows with another, and then gives him a nasty Vader bomb, of course, breaking all the ribs. Yeah. That uh, Jake Roberts has goddamn. And then the riff comes out to break things up. And then they all help escort Jake to the back. Then we got oh Coliseum, home video exclusive of uh Cornet and Vader. They're like in the bathroom apparently, and they were both pretty pissed off. Yeah. That uh, they got DQ'd here, and uh, but why are the they upset? It's
4: Vader's fault. He chose to do that.
3: Um, you know, it was so incidental, man. It was like instinctual. He shouldn't have been DQ'd. I'm with I'm I'm with Camp Cornette here. Oh wow, yeah. Oh wow, oh wow. <laughs> you
4: sounded like Vince
3: on what commentary. A
4: maneuver. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, you stand with Camp Cornette? Uh, yes. So after that, we had the Godwins versus Smoking Guns. The Godwins brought some some baby goats to the ring. I was very concerned for these baby goats.
3: Larson. I will be honest with you. I thought number one, I thought naked bidding was going to trample one of them. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. I don't know what uh, physical indicators uh, baby goats have for being scared about things, but they seemed okay. Yeah, they seemed fine. It didn't. It didn't like There was no tail being tucked between a leg. No, which I don't I was, know. If,
4: I was concerned that one of the baby goats was gonna was gonna poop in the ring or something like that, though. So I wasn't. I
3: out. was hoping. I was like rooting for that to happen. I was yeah. like, Come on, do a poop. Do so, a poop. So uh,
4: before the smoking guns come out, they have an interview with so oh, this was their the manager. Most, this was
3: was this the most unfortunate. This is one of the most unfortunate interviews. Oh yeah. I think I've ever seen, especially because like Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn's never been a good promo. No. But this was next level. This was. This might have got like a two on the going in raw math promo scale. Oh for so, his performance so
4: this is so Sonny talks some crap about body donna's
3: and Sonny's okay here
4: yeah uh and and some crap about uh phineas godwin and then doc hendrix michael hayes asked billy if you got if he's got <laughs> anything to say and he goes yes yeah, Sonny, yeah. she's be- she's beautiful and award-winning um manager
3: wait hold on you actually got this wrong because i watched this like three times all right he says he says this oh yeah yeah she's beautiful She's an award winner, um, manager. He says she's an award winner, and then like stumbles and says, "Manager, yeah, we're the tag champions." Sonny says, "When we win, we're gonna get it done." <laughs> it's bad. Oh man, this was this was so bad. This was so bad. It was so
4: bad. But it, it's interesting watching um, uh, uh, him deliver a bad promo, but like in the ring. It's already like all the all, all the usual thing he's been things he's been doing throughout his career, is right there. Oh, he's a stud
3: in the ring, man. Yeah, I could I could see why they like even him. though he's
4: like forty pounds uh, lighter in muscle. Yeah, there's the pro now. Yeah, oh yeah, his promo was very like um, it was early Dirk Diggler. Yeah, was what it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's this one bit during this match where uh, uh, Billy hits Henry Gunn with a famous or doesn't get the win, but then shortly after Bart starts talking crap. And then Vince, just kind of says, "Look at this verbal taunting." <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Look at this verbal taunting.
3: Oh, how was Vince a fucking? How was he announcer for so long? Like this guy. Well, he owned the company. That's why, Steve. Yeah, I know. But why do you think this is? Such, well, I mean, that, that's like that's like next level obsessive control, right? When you yeah. have when you have to be the voice of the entire fucking thing, too. It's like there are any number of other people who could, They could have had Doc <laughs> Hendricks. Be uh, Michael Hayes, be an announcer, probably. Yeah, no, Vince was, was not a good better. announcer. Not a good. He announcer. was awful. Not he was good. terrible. Uh, also, they had introduced Cloudy, <sighs> which was uh, I know they had mentioned who this was. I don't it was
4: I a friend of Chris Candido's, Jimmy Shoulders. Independent. Oh person. yeah, Jimmy Shoulders.
3: That sounds like a Tony D guy. I know. Hey, Jimmy is going to be Fabian Eichner's new character, Jimmy Shoulders. Uh, so yeah. Uh, this was bad, yeah, yeah. The famous, yeah, yeah. He dropped a famous he got two and no crowd reaction whatsoever. And then, uh, so Bart hits a uh, naked Midian, I believe, as the ref isn't paying attention with a, a loaded boot mm-hmm. or just a boot. And then Billy goes and gets the pin. I mean, this wasn't like a terrible match, it was uh, just a mess, but it was just, yeah, it was just a mess. Uh, and so after that, we've got an interview with Camp Cornette, including Cornette, British Bulldog. We have Slick there, uh, and then uh, Bulldog's. Oh, wife, Clarence Mason. Oh, Clarence Mason. Yeah, Bulldog's wife was there as well. Yeah, and she looked like she didn't want to be there. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, Mister Perfect comes a uh, about. So Cornet says, "Hbk's time is up. It should have been Bulldog's last. I'm sorry, title last month." He says, no amount of WWF presidents are going to stop the Bulldog from becoming champion. And then uh, Mr. Perfect just wanders in the background.
4: Because he's, he's like, like oh. a special guest ref for their title match.
3: Yeah, he's got the ref outfit on. And then uh, Doc Hendricks,
2: Michael PSA, says, oh, there's collusion afoot here. And Bulldog says, if Perfect went to HBK's locker, you might get his wallet stolen. He says, uh, "He says he's going to call it right down the middle. And then uh, he says, tonight I'm going to join the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: That was not a good bulldog accent. I like when he told Bret Hart, "Oh, I'm fucked." Yeah, Bret, I'm fucked. Yeah, Bret Hart's impression of British bulldog is my favorite.
4: It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Special that we had Jerry Lawler versus Ultimate Warrior, and Lawler is just is just milling about, going up to the king of the ring gear, checking it out, and he cuts this (laughs) extended promo talking crap to the crowd.
3: There were two moments during this pay per view that I was like. You couldn't have booked something else to fill time. It was this and then Brian Pillman. Seemingly they they gave Brian Pillman a blank check yeah. on how much time to fill. Yeah. They're like, listen, this main event's 26 minutes long as scheduled right now. We could probably cut that down. So just talk, 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 talk.
4: And apparently he gave him all the latitude he wanted in terms of what he wanted to say.
3: Yeah, apparently the yeah, apparently according to Bruce, the the direction for Pillman was uh, just to, to be as as controversial, most controversial yeah. as you as you can. Yeah. And he did and he tried. Uh, Lawler apparently was given the same kind of leeway because, uh, man, there were some things said here that just better left be unmentioned. Uh, but yeah, he just runs down the crowd. No particular reaction from the crowd beyond the people that he's directly addressing. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the crowd is basically sort of confused and bored. Uh, he calls them losers and it's just five minutes of him just walking around aimlessly talking on the mic. Uh, warrior of course comes down. You know, this was a huge prop from the Warrior because it's like, man, thank God somebody's breaking this up, even if it's Ultimate Warrior. Uh, so Lawler attacks Warrior with the. Hold on, scepter. hold on, hold
4: on! During Warrior's entrance, Vince calls him one of the most reckless individuals in the history of WWF.
3: <laughs> I wonder if that's what I wonder if he actually meant. <laughs> I wonder, it's like if, sometimes wonder,
4: Vince let his true feelings kind of slip through from time to time on commentary. <laughs>
3: yeah, I can say anything in this voice, and people will just think that I'm being an announcer. So, anyways, uh, Lawler attacks Warrior with the scepter, and then, uh, and then uh, Warrior completely no sells Jerry Lawler's finish, a pile driver, and then gets a pretty quick win with a shoulder
4: tackle. Yeah, of all moves, a shoulder tackle, a shoulder tackle. Uh, after that, we had so a uh, Gorilla Monsoon is being interviewed while Jake's, uh, Jake's getting checked out uh, by the trainer. Getting his ribbies taped yep, up there. He's getting the uh, the rib tape on. So Gorilla says, uh, you know, only Jake knows if he can keep going, but he has a burning desire to continue. So I'm going to let him continue, and I'm not going to let my heart overrule my head. I wonder if the burning desire
3: is just what's happening in his ribs. Could be. It's probably just really rib hot, injuries painful. are very painful. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, so yeah, yeah. He says, uh, how many more chances is Jake going to get at the ripe old age of 41? Oh, I know, I know. Like how much of main of WWE's main event scene is past 41 right now? Quite like AJ Styles is past 41 edge. It's older than 40. Brock I is think. probably over 41 at yeah, this point.
4: Orton's around there. if Not over edge
3: Orton for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shin's probably close to 41. Yeah. Bob Rude, Dolph Ziggler. They're all probably approaching.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had mankind versus undertaker. Uh, apparently Taker liked uh, working with Mankind because yeah. he felt that he kept his character fresh. Yeah. And uh, and you can see why. This was a hell of a feud right here. These guys it really, really just understood, like, the 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 formula was there this early. Like, Mankind was relatively fresh here being introduced as I a think character. this is his
4: first match against Undertaker since after his debut. I think he debuted the Raw after Mania 96. This might have been his first, okay. first match. Okay. Against Undertaker. And he's like,
3: wait a second, it's Cactus Jack. What, Mankind? See, the difference is back then they had kind of cool reboots for people mm-hmm. like you go from WCW to WWF and you're no longer little Richard impersonator. You're the wild man, which I don't care what it is. It's infinitely better than being little Richard impersonator, especially the way they presented it uh, with Mankind. Yeah, Cax Jack is great. He's awesome, right? Mankind is a cool name. It is. It's a cool character. And it's a cool character. He's got the
4: mask, and he's out and there, there pulling like, oh. his hair out and squealing and stuff like that. It's, it's like it's pretty cool. It's pretty it's genuinely disturbing for 1996. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah,
3: the pulling the hair out shit. That was that was messed up. So, anyways, um, but yeah, you could see instantly these guys had chemistry, and it was kind of you know it was kind of just mankind. Was this guy who you know took a licking and kept on ticking, mm-hmm. and it, Taker could throw everything out of him, and it, it legitimately in character freaked undertaker out that mankind was just this you know, you know this guy who seemingly couldn't feel you know it's like he he would just completely destroy him and he would just keep on coming back at him and he'd mm-hmm. like revel in it mm-hmm. and that's the story that was being told here it was phenomenal it was it good was, stuff
4: it was really good we got a lot of uh, foley's kind of greatest hits from move standpoint elbow off mm-hmm. the apron uh, he got back dropped on the concrete all that type of stuff. So down towards the finish, uh, uh, Mankind grabs the uh, urn from Paul Bear, and he's about to hit Undertaker with it. Well, instead, uh, Undertaker grabs Mankind uh, by the throat, drives him into the corner. Uh, Paul Bear has the uh, 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 the urn with, with him by now, tries to hit Mankind with it, Foley evades, so ends up Undertaker gets, gets hit with it. Yeah. And then Foley puts on the mandible claw uh, to get the win. And afterwards, uh, Mankind chases Paul Bear up the ramp with the chair. And then Undertaker, like, stumbles up, really mm-hmm. selling the Mandible Claw uh, to get the win, or to, mm-hmm. to, to follow.
3: Yeah. so a huge that, win for,
4: for Mankind coming in, you know, just a handful of months after his debut, beating the Undertaker.
3: Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the pieces sort of fall into place with all these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had a Mr. Perfect interview with Doc Hendricks. He's oh, oh, I, I suspect collusion with Camp Cornette. And Perfect says, I bet you can't even spell collusion. <laughs> Dude, Mr. I'm sorry, man. Mr. Perfect, he's gotta be. It's like him. To me, it's like him him holland Piper. Perfect should have been champion. Man. He should have been world champion in WWF or WCW. I know. Anyways, uh so uh HBK steps in with a, a head full of steam with some really wonderful looking handcrafted earrings. And uh says uh he says tonight. He says, you got a chance to earn that name. He says, I worked too hard and too long for you to blow this for me. He says, call it down the middle and raise the hand of the better man. And uh, Perfect says, I'm going to call it down the middle. Why does nobody believe me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> With a straight face. He's so good. Yeah, it was fantastic. He's so good. Uh, next, we had Dust versus Ahmed Johnson for the Intercontinental Championship. Early on, early on this match, they mentioned the WWF Kuwaiti Championship. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And I yeah. was thinking, I don't know what that is. So I looked it up, and it was apparently a tournament that WWF held during a house show tour of Kuwait. Mm-hmm,
3: yeah. And they did yeah, it no, twice, I
4: think. They did it two consecutive years, 96 and 97, I believe.
3: It's kind of their version of the Saudi shows these days, how you had the greatest Royal Rumble mm-hmm. championship.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, they just bust out championships for whatever reason. Didn't really stick, though, that Kuwaiti championship. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, Ahmed probably... Shouldn't be doing topes, man. Because, yeah, he just Oh, my like like God. Head, yeah. yeah, that was terrifying. This dude, he's a big dude. And he went launching himself out of the ring uh, to, to Goldust. And he almost planted himself right on his head. Yep. That would have been horrible. Yep. Uh, Goldust was just selling the shit out of everything Ahmed Johnson was giving him here. I mean, Ahmed, I don't know what the deal was with him. But in terms of the looks department, give this guy a 10. He was legitimate. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Ahmed wins with a tiger driver they call it the Pearl River Plunge. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he wins Gold Dust. My that this is this has got to be the Alpha Intercontinental Championship for me, man. Because Gold Dust had the gold strap. Oh, heck yeah, man. Heck Why yeah. didn't they keep this? It was beautiful. I know, it
4: was amazing. Amazing. All hopefully, gold, everything. Hopefully one day we'll have it all gold built. So, anyways, after this, we had this really bizarre promo for the next day in your house pay per view. Aliens. So uh this dude brings some aliens home. Runs some mm-hmm. aliens, brings them home to watch the WWF pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and then the aliens teleport Sonny to this guy's living room. It was very bizarre. Nice. It was very Seti bizarre. Alpha 5. Maybe they were from Seti Alpha 6. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so then Ahmed walks into the locker room. They start showering him with champagne, and uh, Shawn Michaels comes in gives him a hug.
3: Yeah. He says, I'm going to get that title on my friend, Scott Hall. No, wait. He's gone. Triple H. Uh, So after that, we had uh, Brian Pillman. Um, He comes to the ring. I'm sorry. He comes ringside to do an interview with good old JR. And, uh, you know, he's a loose cannon man. Uh, You probably wrote more of this shit down here. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, here it is. Yeah, he says, I don't give a damn about my own family. Of course, that probably made uh, Griff and, and, and Brian Pillman Jr. sad. Uh, he says he cares even less about this sewer. In Milwaukee. He says, I believe they're in
4: Milwaukee for the
3: show. They're yeah. in Milwaukee. He says, it makes sense why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume this whole state from head to toe. God damn, that is rough. Yeah. That was just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the beginning. He says, he asked JR, he says, how does it feel? Um, uh, He asked JR how it feels while he does whatever he wants Wait, what? Why, well, pil-
4: He asked JR, like, how does it feel while you essentially watch me do whatever I want, I think.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, we're going to find out real soon which of the so-called WWF superstars has the guts to stop him. I'm the brightest star to ever set foot on God's green earth. Uh, why WWF uh, crowns King of the Ring? He says, I'm the leader of a new revolution. I'm going to ascend to my throne. And then uh, he also says, I'm going to rape, pillage, and plunder the entire WWF. It was. Here is the thing. So Bruce said they told him just go out and say as much controversial stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. This entire thing felt like he was just waiting to get reactions. Yeah. Like he would say a bunch of stuff and then he'd stop and just sort of look yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, totally. He'd come back to the mic. I'm going to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He'd come back around and then he'd say some more shit. He'd say stuff like this line here. And then and and he would just sort of wait for people to say stuff
4: mm-hmm.
3: or to react to react. And the crowd again was just sort of I don't know
4: they're like oh, okay yeah that's fine yeah yeah not much reaction uh, after that we had King of the Ring final Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake Roberts so of course Stone Cold knowing that Jake has damaged ribs targets the ribs
3: well before like of course Austin it was kind of interesting a little bit of foreshadowing here which you never get in WWE these days really austin comes out to his old you know uh that shitty because his his glass breaking music didn't debut for a couple more months yeah it was the so ringmaster he still theme. had the ringmaster theme which at first when he first came out i thought it was like the king of the ring theme <laughs> i was like oh they're good they're just having the contestants come out i was like oh no that's right that's so that ringmaster the theme. theme yeah it's terrible it doesn't it's fit awful. anything it's awful but him and pillman cross paths yeah yeah. And they
4: sort of uh, give a little acknowledging look there, which yeah. is kind of interesting It is because of it their is. history and their future. In the, in the feud they'd eventually have, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Stone Cold starts booting Jake in the ribs, rip, like, takes his, uh, the rib tape from, from off him, and then Gorilla Monsoon comes. The ring checks on Jake. Jake's like, no, i to continue. He mounts a brief little comeback, but then in the end, uh, he calls for a DDT instead of Stone Cold, drives him to the corner, hits a bunch of shoulder tackles in the corner, and then hits him with a stunner for the win. Then he w- makes his way to the King of the Ring stage set, and gets interviewed by Doc. And I actually wrote this verbatim. So, Steve, you want to get ready and do this in your Stone Cold uh, voice? Oh, that? you don't
3: want to do this one? I don't do Stone Cold. <laughs> Let's rob the
4: people. I
3: know. Of what they
2: probably want. Probably the only reason they voted for this. I All know. Right. And the okay. only
4: reason I wrote this entire thing
2: down verbatim. <laughs> that was just ribbing. I was ribbing you, Larson. Relax. <laughs> he said this. All right. Doc Hendricks. The first thing I want to be done is get that piece of crap out of my ring. He wasn't talking about literal shit. He was talking about Jake Roberts. Yeah. He says, don't just get him out of the ring. Get him out of the WWF because I've proved sin without a shadow of a doubt. You ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about your John 316. Austin 316s and I just you your ass. All you got to do is buy a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to get some of that courage he had in his prime. That's messed up. He says, as the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list. That's right. I had the list before Chris Jericho and that stone colds list. And I'm fixing to run through all of them. As far as this championship bitch is concerned, I don't give a damn if it's Davy Boy Smith or Shawn michaels steve austin's time has come and when i get the shot you're looking at the next wwf champion and that's the bottom line because stone cold said so wait let me back up i'm not actually gonna be the next wwf champion how about this how about next we have sid no wait who was next was it sid it was
4: sid. sid wanted out a, a survivor series yeah after sid it'll be the undertaker no Shawn michaels Shawn Michaels it beats Sid Rumble. after
2: after that. It's Undertaker?
4: No, after that it is. Then it gets weird. That's when Shawn gives up the belt because he doesn't want to lose to Brett. They have that 4A match. I believe that's when uh, Sid gets it. And then he carries it to Mania 13 where
2: Undertaker beats him. Undertaker takes it next after Undertaker. Shawn Michaels again. No, I think it's Brett. <laughs> no, it is Sean. Is it Sean... Brett?
4: Yeah, I think it's Brett. Is it Brett? I think it's Brett. The Brett holds it, And all. then Survivor Michaels series.
3: gets it at uh, Survivor, Survivor
4: series. series. 97, yeah.
2: And then it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> My time comes approximately a little bit less than two years from now. Well,
3: he didn't he lose was... a lot on the road from there, though.
4: No. Well, he,
3: he didn't lose Unless his,
4: the, his opponent's name was Bret Hart. No, he didn't.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was like I'm the only to... guy.
4: Brett might have. I think the
3: Undertaker. I think Undertaker pinned him once too, but it was in a triple threat with Brett. If I'm, if I'm, I think I looked that up once before.
4: I'm trying to remember to get that timeline exactly right because there might have been one title change before Sid got it. Like Sid might have won it off somebody else instead of at that. Because remember they had that, that four way match at it in mm-hmm. your house. In terms of the champ after all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So hold on, I can find it. Anyways, moving on to the next thing. And I'll, I'll
2: get yeah,
3: it. Uh, the next thing was Davey Boy Smith versus Shawn
4: Michaels, the British Bulldog. Oh, I'm fucked. All right, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Bret Hart won it. Well, I'm here, I'll say. It. Bret Hart won it after it was vacated. And he had it for one day before Sid beat him on Raw. So Shawn Michaels vacated it. Bret Hart won it at In Your House Final Four. Mm-hmm. And then the following Raw, Sid beat him for it. Okay. And then Undertaker okay. won it at Mania. Bret beat mm-hmm. him at SummerSlam. And then Shawn got mm-hmm. his Survivor Series. Okay. All right. There you go.
2: And then Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then it was Kane, and then it was probably Stone Cold Steve Austin again. I
3: don't know the lineage after that. Uh, anyways, so yeah, British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels. Man, uh, whatever problems uh, British Bulldog had back at SummerSlam 95, it did not carry with them uh, uh, less than a year later here because this was 26 minutes. This is a fucking good match. It was a
4: really good match. It was. Yeah, really to begin good, things,
3: though, of course, Mr. Perfect, who's supposed to be the referee. No way. Uh, 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 WWF merchandise Merchant Earl Hebner uh, Became the official In ring officiant Yes uh, uh, Official And then Mr. Perfect was uh, relegated by Gorilla Monsoon to be the outside enforcer referee guy. Correct. Yes. And uh nobody really nobody was happy. Like HBK wasn't happy about that. Camp Cornette wasn't really happy about that. Nobody was really happy yeah. about that. Yeah. I don't know why I don't know why Michael that.
4: wasn't really happy about it. That kind of seemed like it would benefit him considering that Mr. Perfect was just in Camp Cornett's locker room.
3: Because probably earlier in the show he like took a dude in Earl Hebner's bag. And then oh, he, he knew be. that Earl had all that merch in there, so he was like, "What, well, man? Damn. Earl's going to he's going to have a hot head for me." That could be. Yeah, but it was a good match.
4: It was a good match. The finish was a little bit on the silly side. So uh, Shawn Michaels slams British Bulldog, and Davy Boy Smith's leg just barely clips Earl Hebner. We get a ref Mm -hmm. bump. So Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels hits the top rope elbow, sets up for sweet chin music, hits it. Then Earl is about to count the pin. Mr. Perfect comes in to count the pin as well and tells him to kind of like wait. Then they both count. And then as Perfect's about to count three, Owen pulls him out. Earl Mm -hmm. counts the pinfall. Shawn Michaels win. It's just like super Mm -hmm. overbooked.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a mess.
4: Then Owen hits the ring, goes after Shawn Michaels. Shawn fights him off. He punches Bulldog. He puts a figure four on Owen. Uh, He keeps on trying to fight off Owen and the Bulldog. Uh, Eventually, he runs into a kick from Owen Hart. Uh, Owen and Bulldog get a double suplex on Shawn. Ahmed Johnson runs out to make the save. He press slams Owen's. Sorry, Owen, power slams Bulldog. Vader comes out. He takes it to Ahmed, slams him, hits some ground to pound, and Camp Cornette's just wrecking Sean and Ahmed. Vader goes up top, and he's up there waiting forever because Warrior's <laughs> yeah. late making the switch. Warrior <laughs> yeah. eventually runs down. He was <laughs>
3: probably trying to negotiate his contract backstage at this probably.
4: point. Pushes. Vader off the top rope, clears the ring, and the faces stand tall to end the show. And and that was supposed to be the main event for the next pay-per-view was Cam Cornette versus Sean, uh, Ahmed, and Warrior. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen yeah. that way, though. No, you know who
3: replaced the Warrior? Sid. Sid! That's right. They even had a name, and I'm trying to remember what that name was. I'll look it up here real quick. Uh, let's see here what happened it was King of the Ring 1996 what happened what was, which, what was the pay-per-view
4: it was uh, June, in July. your house international uh, international incident. incident it was the, the people's
3: posse the people's posse was Shawn Michaels Sid and Ahmed Johnson I'm really curious. I wouldn't mind watching like the raw after this or the raw whenever Sid entered entered the the scene. Oh yeah, totally. which was probably immediately because Warrior started claiming that you know his dad died, so he needed to go like yeah, take care of was, that business. He was
4: gone from WWF by the end of June. Yeah,
3: but of course, like the story was that he was never close to his dad and had like disdain for him, and so he just like wanted to. It was just another power play, is what they were thinking. But I don't know. Give me Sid any day of the week, oh, but, heck dude. Yeah. That. That freaking pop. That pop the Warrior would get. Oh, man. So
4: imagine if it was Sid that ran out and made the save instead of Warrior. Two times the pop, I'm telling you.
3: I mean, it, it, it would have been half the amount of time it took him to get to the ring, Absolutely. though, because Sid
4: was not well, very fast. maybe. Depends on how many fist bumps Sid's dealing with. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a good point. to run down and make the save, just fist bumping everybody. He <laughs> <laughs> gets the locker room his car smashed. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> Ultimate wrestling car pranks there. <laughs> oh, that's some good stuff There's on fantastic Twitter, fantastic stuff. Oh, we had a Coliseum home video thing where Jim Ross is interviewing Camp Cornette, and it's just all the setup to set up the match for the next In Your House. Yeah. um, it, Really not much. That's probably why it's a Coliseum home video exclusive.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what ideas do you – what are you going to bring to the table for the next pay-per-view for people to vote on?
4: Because I did not think
3: about this at all.
4: So I have an idea. It's not that old of a show, and it's one we actually did a a watch-along with, and it's not a great show. Backlash 2018. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, man.
3: That's actually a really good idea. Um, So, you go with Backlash 2018. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with uh, In Your House 9 International Incident. I want to know exactly what happened after this shit. (laughs) Oh man, I'm just gonna
4: my my suggestions are all gonna be chronological. Continuing on, yeah, just seeing where the story goes. Steve, wants yeah, exactly. See, see how the things played out in '96. I do, I do,
3: absolutely. Uh, man, you have a oh wow, a repeat of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mark Marrow. We went about half the time too. This is a fucking terrible idea. It <laughs> I'm is. Not gonna, never mind. I'm not gonna bring that. I'm gonna go with uh, you know what? I'll go with. Uh, sort of along the same lines, I guess. Uh, let's see. Do I like this? No, I don't like this. I don't like any of that. Uh, okay, how about this? Let's do. Oh, ooh. Mm. Let's let's take a trip. Let's take a trip a year down the line. All right. We'll do, because I love the mid-90s We're going to do SummerSlam 1997
1: Oh, this is the one where uh, Stone
3: Cold got dropped on his head cuz we'll see what his momentum was like and then we'll see how it got, you know, halted potentially. Yeah, and then yeah, he was yeah, able yeah. to
4: pff, he was able to blast off after that. And that was, so I'll
3: I'll go with SummerSlam right. 97.
4: That's good. That's good. And I guess we can and put then, a thread up and see what the uh, the us want to do and then we can put a poll.
3: Yeah, up. I think that's that's a good idea and then we'll put the actual vote up. That sounds, sounds cool. Sounds good. Uh all right everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.